Leads, leads, leads. What is happening? Welcome to Working Hours, a show about a place called Leeds, a time called now, and an activity called work. Working Hours wants to record 1,000 lawyers over the course of this, the most important decade in the history of the human species, and ask them about what they do all day and hear how they feel about it. My mission is to try to map out what my city, Leeds, a city that has declared a climate emergency, is doing during humanity's biggest emergency. On working hours, we hear how loiners have, are and will be coping with our multiple crises. The global pandemic, Brexit and of course the ongoing and accelerating collapsing of capitalism, the state and the climate through this decade. To do this I need people, people like you dear listener. Most of all I need people who are in Leeds or who are from Leeds to come on this show and be my guests. So please join me and help me with this mission whenever and however you can. Critically I will need people like you dear listener as financial backers. Please consider supporting or donating to this project. You can do so with a £1 monthly donation via either Patreon or Ko-fi, or you could donate any one-off amount to Working Hours via either Ko-fi or through the LibrePay button on the About page of Western Studios' website. Thank you. My name is Simon, and this is all my fault. So I'll start off with you, Myra. So what did you want to be when you grew up? What did I want to be when I grew up? Nothing Nothing in particular stands out, actually. I've, I've always enjoyed lots of different things, being involved with lots of different things. So there's, there, yeah, nothing really stands out about them. Um, maybe this is a question for Dick. No, you're not. I mean, you're not the only one that's answered like that. Some people are just like, no, I don't really have any particular passion. Um, so Tick, what, what, was, what was it that you wanted to be when you grew up? Well, I, um, I'd, I'd still like to think some of these things could happen of it instead of it being in the past tense, probably <laughs> what I would like it. But what the things that, the, the first two things that I wanted to be was gr- when growing up, it was either because I used to have a, uh, my, well, my family used to collect a, um, oh, what's it called? This, uh, weekly sort of like encyclopedia magazine called the tree of knowledge. And I was absolutely obsessed with flicking through those when I was really younger. And the two things that really stood out to me that kind of inspired me to be, to, to aspire towards the, the more lofty, younger minded sort of ambitions, which was a, either something involving deep sea diving or studying deep sea animals or something related to being an astronaut. Yeah. Then that turned into wanting to be an animator. Then that turned into wanting to be a games developer. Then that turned into <laughs> settling for anything creative. Yeah. It's like, well, a lot of those sound like, you know, different worlds. They are. Space and undersea and yeah. <laughs> they are. In fact, I remember probably picking those two other alien worlds specifically because I suppose that was a, uh, probably around about the age where young old Tick had probably started to look at the world and started thinking to himself, well, this is a bit mundane. Let's say. <laughs> Where's the excitement? <laughs> totally. You're listening to Series 3, Episode 40, and to my guests, Myra Rowland and Thomas Tickner from Open Source Arts. This is another Zoom interview recorded on the 6th of April 2022. Hello, loves. So this was a while coming out, eh? 
Various reasons, but I like that this is coming out now. We discussed the Ukraine war again on this episode. I don't want to make any commentary on that disgusting activity. And it's unbelievable that the war is still ongoing. It's also ridiculous that all those nuclear treaties were allowed to lapse. Anyways, Myra Rowland has a background working in higher education and joined the open source arts team in autumn 2017. Myra brings her organisational skills and enthusiasm for getting involved and helping great things happen to open source arts. She is passionate about facilitating people and communities to realise, develop and use their power, wisdom and skills in a way which is socially just and full of heart. Myra works across all projects and activities at Open Source Arts, so if you would like to know more, get in touch with Myra. Thomas Tickner, or Tick, started an apprenticeship as a junior content producer in November 2021. Tick has been working with Open Source Arts on and off in a voluntary capacity prior to this for a few years, starting off learning new skills in the fabrication workshop and also developing and facilitating illustration workshops. He is building on these skills, now learning and working on making and producing content, including the use of photography, live streaming, including the use of photography, live streaming and video editing for open source arts events and media. Tom lives and breathes all things illustration, imagination and the creative process, always eager to add more possibility to his growing skill set. To find out more, go to opensourcearts.co.uk or follow them on Instagram, uh, instagram.com forward slash opensourcearts, twitter.com forward slash opensourceleads and facebook.com forward slash leadsopensourcearts. Before we go any further, I want to say a big thank you to this show's favorite American trucker for another incredibly generous donation to the show and for keeping me at it in these cold, dark days. So thank you very much. And I would also like to thank another generous donor who I won't name on the show as I don't have their permission at the moment, but I just wanted to say thanks to you also on the off chance you're listening. Also, I have just learned about two guests coming together to work on something which is really nice to hear. Right then, let's get on with this episode of Working Hours with Myra Rowland and Thomas Tickner. What is it that you do now? So I'll stay with you, Tick, for this. Uh, me, what I am doing now is I am working as an apprentice content producer at Open Source Arts. Uh, I received this uh, apprenticeship through the National College of Creative Industries and Access to Music. I started in at the end of November and at the start of December of last year. Mm-hmm. This was coming off at the end of an 11 year spell working in retail. And so basically a lot of my day to days now is basically consisting of learning, practicing new skills and disciplines and trying to get myself up to really desperately trying to get myself out of this, a, uh, what I can only describe as like a, a sort of like a, a factory hierarchical sort of way of thinking where like. You've been in like a, a corporation for so long and the only way you can like sort of think is like a, uh, I need to be told what to do. So like, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I can't, yeah. And, but now I'm, I'm like landed in a situation and an environment where no, that's not the way. And even though it's been sort of like a little bit, uh, it's still been, uh, it has been a fair bit of time since I started. It's still, the adjustment is still, it's still like hitting me every day though mm. but in terms of sort of like the actual content production what that actually entails is that i am practicing to use and get familiar with uh taking with photography videography also graphic design and uh copywriting mm. so plenty of stuff there so, oh, so oh, 
<laughs> It'll keep you busy. <laughs> it is actually. <laughs> uh, so Myra, same question to you. What is it you're doing now? Now I do, do a bit of everything across Opus or South. So I'm involved with, with yeah, oversight really of all the different projects, activities, people um, that we work with here. Mm. So uh, my day-to-day could be pretty varied and it's changing as the team, as the team and our activities change and grow as well and develop. Mm. So my role has changed over the years. So I've been here, it's about five years now. And through that time, yeah, through that time, the organisation has changed a lot and um, my role within that has changed with the organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yes, yeah, kept me kept me interested and, and excited all this time, learning new things and, mm-hmm. and being involved with new things. So how did you, how did you come to be involved? How did you get into open source arts? I was working at the university when I first came across open source arts and needed a change I felt like it was time for a change because I'd been mm. there for a good few years and there wasn't really in the next step at the university so mm. um, yeah it was time time for me to leave the university and I wasn't quite sure what um what what's what my next step was at the time mm. so I I spent time doing a few different volunteering projects and taking time out and being involved with lots of different things so yeah just just exploring some of my interests I suppose mm. um that's where I met Phil, the director at Team Cuts or River Cleanup. All oh, right, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw yeah. that on the website today. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got one on Saturday actually cool. coming up soon. Our next one. Um, so that was one of the first. That was one of the first contacts with Open Source Arts, and then I also I also joined two Skillshares, which at the time I didn't realise was the same organisation. And the Skillshares was um, learning how to tie knots and learning how to win a countdown. <laughs> so very, very, very varied. <laughs> and then, yeah, from, then from that, um, then from that, um, it, yeah, it became apparent that, that the organisation and me seemed to be quite a good fit at the time for, for what what, we, what was needed and what we were both interested in. So, mm. yeah, it happened quite organically, really, at that time. Okay, so I'll stay with you on this question. So what is it that you like about the job? What are the good things? Yeah, definitely the variety for me is definitely up there because uh, we work across all kinds of different sectors with all kinds of different people the day-to-day is super varied for me I'm constantly learning um, I enjoy being challenged and pushed and I get that I, yeah I definitely get that here as well um, so I, yeah I, I, the people the people that we work with are great <laughs> it's very sat- it's a very satisfying job um, seeing the being a part of I suppose and helping facilitate the, the development um, of people so that's mm-hmm. that's within the team that's our wider freelance pool and the artists that we work with and um yeah it's, it is a satisfying job do you still get to make anything then or do you do you still get that creative outlet well a lot of people ask me um what's yeah what's my what's my art mm. and i don't have my own personal creative practice but i do say that i'm a creative and i've been involved in all kinds of creative things um yeah but I don't have I'm, I'm, a, I'm more of a jack of all trades rather mm. than a master of none and I've yeah. embraced that now so uh same question to Tick so uh, I mean I think you said some of the things when you're discussing coming into the job but yeah what are what are the things that kind of keep you interested in this role I'm learning skills in a uh, many different creative uh, disciplines so uh, things that I've been learning over the past several months included things like learning to use a camera from zero like basically the, well, I say zero, the knowledge level I had before was about 
good enough for me to barely flog and and buy them basically mm-hmm. but now i'm like actually using them now i now i actually have a at least a good basic to maybe a little bit intermediate understanding of how the things actually work mm-hmm. as well as also things such as a uh, get familiar with video editing software learning how to write uh, uh write bodies of text and content for posts in uh in a tone of voice that is appropriate for our audience, that is engaging and and they uh, demonstrates the qualities and values that we that we hold dear to heart, and we want to show everybody that hey, this is what we're about here. Cool. I'll go through the COVID question first, and then we'll go into change. So the best way into this, I think, is like sort of take us through lockdown, what you what you were doing, what happened, and what kind of changed for you there, and then uh, so I'll start with you again, Myra. How did lockdown go? What changed for you? And have those changes kind of stayed? Has it altered the way that you're working now? So we closed before the, as an organisation, we took the decision to close before the government called the lockdown, actually, because we could see, yeah, it felt it felt absolutely necessary at that time to, mm. to pause, pause everything. So we, um, gosh, it's funny thinking back, isn't it, to that time? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, we stopped everything immediately well that, that week before and everyone moved online so we we started all working from home our team were employed the whole time as usual so we didn't we didn't we didn't drop any um, staff hours which I'm happy about and we we, we worked on on in, in different ways and on different ways so mm-hmm. so we partly because of our breadth of activities it meant that we could pick certain things up more and other things other things and adapt other things according to the time. So one of the things that we were involved with when lockdown first happened was was setting up the volunteer response system with mm-hmm. um, within a neighbouring council. So working with uh, community groups and mutual aid groups and the council and third sector organisations in their volunteer response to to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was all that was all facilitated online. Mm-hmm. And then. We also we uh, we were awarded some arts council funding, and we used that funding to purchase some new audiovisual equipment, and that meant that we could offer artists the facilities to bring more of their work online as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did some training. We now live stream all of our um, active, well as many of our activities as possible. So our performances are live streamed. Mm. Yeah, it has changed our approach to work, I suppose. So now some of the team work from home part time. So we've got a much more flexible working in some in, in certain ways like that. The offer for artists is much more complete, I suppose, in some ways. Or there's there's more there's more depth to the offer because we can offer them the the footage from the live stream footage, for example, yeah. and, and the access to the the high quality audio visual equipment that we've got got in house now. What else? I mean, in a lot, I suppose, did you find that, you know, how much you could actually do online? Was it kind of a old, old discovery or were you already kind of working online and people already had experience of that? It varied, actually, very, varied. So as a team, we have, we upskilled pretty quickly mm. in our, yeah, in our digital capability, I suppose. Um, and still are, still are learning. Yeah, we, there was quite a steep learning curve at that, at that start at the start of the pandemic to to understand how all that was going to work and mm. it was a working as we as we go 
approach working out as we go. So various, yeah, we have we have definitely learned a lot more skills there as a team. Yeah. So tick same question to you. I mean, I guess you weren't there then. Were you working in retail still? That is correct. Yes, sir. Yeah, when the uh, pandemic hit, I was uh, still working in a second-hand electronics shop in the Leeds City Centre. Shop people can guess what it is. Quick, <laughs> but a um, yeah, basically, I was one. Of the, I mean, I'm I'm looking back on this in hindsight and using the term, I was one of the lucky ones to go on furlough. But looking back on it, I'm not questioning how lucky that may have actually been in hindsight mm. because sort of like just questioning sort of like the time that got spent. I ended up spending, uh, I, I ended up doing with it. I mean, in all fairness, the first two months felt super productive and, uh, super invigorating. A, uh, cause sort of like, I'm not going to lie. Sort of like before, like about a good several months before the pandemic actually hit, I was internally screaming to myself, please let some great big world changing event pull me out of work. Uh, <laughs> and I, um, Careful what you wish for. <laughs> oh, I thought, mate, I've got another interesting story as well that, uh, <laughs> about a, a friend of mine who, who visited from China in 2019, just mm. after the summer. Oh, uh, but, uh, um, but what was I going to say? Um, so the first two yes. months were really productive. The first two months, thank you. The first two months were really productive. I ended up getting re- I ended up trying to really reinvigorate my art, I, um, I ended up drawing more pictures than I think I had done in a very long time. Well, what else happened? I felt, I, I was, uh, felt quite active. So, uh, uh, in engaging with some of the other projects that I do at that time, my, uh, relationship with open source arts was more in kind of like a voluntary on and off sort of capacity. Yeah. I was still like attending like the Wednesday meetings every now and then. Mm-hmm. And then there was a part way through a, a 2020, I sort of fizzled out. sort of like I was, I was getting drained. I was burning out. And then I just sort of drifted away sort of like a bit more, well, completely, I suppose, basically the bridges were never burned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were never going to get burned. The happy, yeah, the happier times of all that, of all those, of all lockdown ended up turning into a bit more of a doldrums, basically. And then, and then, yeah, it, it did have a bit of a, a, a toll and an effect on my mental health. But, but I suppose the one thing that I did get out of it is that it really lit the fire in my belly about really desperately wanting to make a change mm. because I'd already been there for long enough through various, through various uh, behaviors and thought habits. I had thought I managed to convince myself, Hey, I'm, I'm all right with where I am. But then, you know, you get a bit older and you think to yourself, Oh, hang on a minute. So like, look at all these other, uh, look at all these other people managing to make good opportunities. What am I doing for myself? And, mm. and then I'm fine to realize them go through this cycle of sort of like, Hey, you go to work, you come back home, you do nothing. And then you repeat mm. because you direct, you've utilized all the energy. Yeah. And I consider myself to be not a massively sociable person. So for me to be able to like talk to people all day is going to be one of the most tiring things I can mm. imagine, basically. So the second I get home, it's sit down in the chair and I'm not getting up basically for the rest of the night. Mm. Yeah. And then, and then I, uh, I heard about the apprenticeship opportunities, open source arts. Mm. And I thought to myself, I've actually heard about these trying to be arranged for a while and I was like make your mood tick make your mood <laughs> and the rest is history and the rest is history <laughs> <to> present day <laughs> okay so I'll stay with you tick uh, so we'll go into I mean you've been in the role 
sort of long enough now to kind of know what you're doing, know what the score is with it. So if you could change any three things about your role um, or even the company, what would you change? So you kind of call carte blanche here. You don't have to worry about budget or whatever. You can be as realistic or unrealistic yeah, as you want. No, of course, of course, be as lofty or as or as realistic as as, as I wish. Um, let's see. This is a hard one. It is a, no, you're right. It is a hard one because now I'm having to think about think about the things that I want to change from something that gave me so much joy during the initial transition from my last job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can say nothing if you want. I mean, no, no, no. Well, I mean, the one thing that I'm trying to think of, like, uh, get in the words in the right order for is I'm trying to think sort of like, I'm thinking sort of like, I need, I think some of these things are ultimately going to relate to me as well, because we're, we all work here as like personal, in a personal leadership sort of role where we all respond, we are all responsible for all the activities that we do and also for updating everybody else as well. The one things that I keep noticing, I suppose, maybe sometimes like a, a the, uh, uh, the process for sort of like, you know, making sure that any content that's been produced is, is you know, completely right uh, uh, in terms of sort of like uh, wording, coloring, framing, um, quality, things like yeah, that. Yeah. Sometimes I just wish it was a little, it was a little bit faster, but, but I, uh, but I completely acknowledge that that is also probably a part of me still learning how to communicate these sort of things. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I was not, a, like I said earlier, I'm not a massively sociable person and a, uh, and I've come out of a, a, a job where my, a, uh, all my sociable, all my social skills were utilized in a way that made me a little bit misanthropic. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I would add to that. I mean, I realized in a lot of the call center jobs or customer service jobs, it's just like, they're just monetizing my politeness here. <laughs> Like, I mean, that's a very, that's a very nice way of putting it. No, definitely. That is one way of putting it. And it's always interesting as well. Sort of like, oh yeah, no, we treat everybody sort of like absolutely exceptionally well. Everybody's a human being. Oh, look at that. I've stood behind the counter. I'm somebody else now. But yeah, it's a, um, but in all honesty, I can't really think of like two, ex two extra things at the moment because my mind is still sort of like swimming in sort of like, um, not a maelstrom, but like a, um, a current. And, uh, that of a, uh, all the things of me just trying to get more and more grounded and familiar with everything that's still going on here. I do sort of like a, uh, I do sort of like have managed to get down the process of a, uh, most days today is basically have a look at what posts and content needs to be made and then start trying and then start trying to make it where, whether it'll be a case of sort of like, uh, making a quick little graphic or using a camera, writing a post. I think I'm digressing from the original question. <laughs> I mean, it sounds to me that, you know, the sort of areas of change would be personal. You know, it's, it's, it's your personal development still, sounds like. Is that, is that fair? I would say that is 100% true because if, if, if we're talking about things that pertain to the personal self, I mean, I would argue that that's probably a bit true for everybody. Mm. Hmm. Okay, so Myra, same same question to you then, in terms of three things that you would you, you would change. That is a hard question. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, on that on that point of personal development, um, that's that's one of our key values, I suppose, at Open Source Art hmm. System. We're always learning, always developing. What would I change? I definitely wouldn't change that. <laughs> Keep that. <laughs> um, can we pause time so I can? 
so we can do more <laughs> yeah i mean like top ones that come up a lot of the time are kind of more more money more time more resources <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> i mean it's a, it's a good sign if you you know if if you can't think of things off the top of your head i mean if you were working in a workplace where it's like oh everything's going wrong here they just need to do this and that you know that's going to be easy to answer that question but when you're working somewhere that you're kind of you're happy with and it seems to be working you're like well it's fine so I'll stay with you Myra for the next question so we'll go let's go to social media how much does social media kind of affect your work and how much of your work is social media yeah social media is um every well every organization communicates with their audience via social media that's a huge part of that so yeah it, it is absolutely key to people turning up to events and or yeah hearing about activity the things that we're doing here and um joining our membership scheme all kinds of different things yeah it's, it, social media is, is crucial um as we we share it amongst the team at the moment so different mm-hmm. people have different responsibilities for different elements yeah sometimes that does include me sometimes that is tick sometimes it's it's sometimes it's other people so does it take up a lot of your time and does it take up a lot more of your time so sort of, I, I mean, I, I get the sensation that for a lot of people, even if they didn't work with social media before in their role, they're going to, you know, they're starting to pick up little bits of things that they have to do. And, you know, it, it's starting to take up more of our time in general roles. I mean, do you, do you get a similar sense or is it stayed about the same for you? Well, we've increased our activities, I suppose, and we've got more team members. So it has naturally increased as yeah, a, as a sort of just natural growth. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 growth. Um, mm. So I'm not sure comparatively it's necessarily grown. Maybe it should do. <laughs> I, I mean, does it does it take away from anything else? Do you? I mean, obviously you get value from it because you're doing a lot of events. You have to communicate that way. Mm. But do you think do you think it takes up too much time, or do you think we dedicate the right amount of time to it, or? As a society or in... in Well, either way. I mean, as an organisation, but I I mean, you can sort of answer as an overall sense as well, if you want. Well, we do try not to forget about the other forms of communicating with people as well Mm. and and pay attention to that because not everybody is on social media or wants to be on social media, has access to social media. I'm probably increasingly so. Yeah, we do take time to communicate with people outside of social media as well, which is really Mm. important. Okay, so uh, same question to you, Tick. So uh, obviously, you're going to be doing quite a lot of social media in your role by the sounds of it. So how much how much of your time does that take up? On average, I'd say probably it seems anywhere from about a uh, 40 to 50% at the moment, because the other time of that will be spent actually recording, making actual content before it, 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 it exists in a social media format. Mm-hmm. as well as also a, uh, anything regarding communicate, uh, just communicate, general communications within the team, mm-hmm. hosting, and a, uh, also showing people the new studios next door whenever there's a booking and it's my turn to uh, fulfill that role. Mm-hmm. Social media is a, uh, it's, I'm not going to lie, sort of like before I start this apprenticeship, my interest in social media was mm-hmm. lukewarm, yeah. as was my uh, usage of it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm having to lift up the hood and they uh, look at all the parts and they um, see the numbers behind it all, which um, mm-hmm. is actually kind of, which is quite interesting, actually, in all fairness. 
Have you got quite a good grasp then of the analytics and so on now? No, not yet, unfortunately. I'm still trying to get my head around the old, like, all manner of things. Like, I'm still, like, like a, uh, I'm still getting my head around the um, Instagram insights and yeah. a, and any of the, and whatever Facebook's uh, equivalent is as well. Mm-hmm. It's just, I just know it's going to be a, uh, still all part of the learning process because I feel like this is kind of the stage where I'm at now in yeah. terms of a uh, picking up new skills, is getting more and more familiar with a um, technical terms within social media and analytics as well, because I feel like uh, the first part of a um, me starting this apprenticeship was me trying to upskill myself in learning how to use a camera and lots of other technology, uh, yeah. microphones and live streaming equipment mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking as, as we were just as you were sort of talking then. I mean, how much of it is social media now? It it, it seems more and more like it's becoming business media than social media. I, I, I like what you did there. And yes, that is exactly what I do think to myself now. Sort of like, it's a, um, yeah, I feel like the, if it's not social media and it is business media, I suppose the only other counterpart to that we have in this day and age is personal opinion media. It's like, but no, I'm completely with you 100%. But then again, I think that does also amplify Myra's earlier point about how important social media is for all businesses these days. Like every bit, nearly pretty much every business has one these days because they know that a um, all the other businesses are out there uh, are already doing it and has given them an edge in a, um, it, 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 well, in many different markets. Mm. Yeah, and that direct contact to the the customers as well. It is yes, it's, it is effectively yes. It, it's a platform that a uh, can replace any uh, type of middle middle management. Mm. Yeah, or go between the customer and the co- and the a uh, um, company. Okay, so I didn't mention this one in my preamble because it's one that I forgot. So I'll stay with you, Tig. So it's a question on Brexit. So we we've brexited have you noticed any different like so some people have said it's hard to kind of pull it apart between covid and and brexit has it affected your work in any way and have you you know has that been good or bad have you seen any effect the only effects that i've really seen is a well it's it's just probably mostly the same things as i think as a lot of other people in terms of massive inflation and a um and just also a lot of people just basically getting screwed out of jobs but and contracts basically i'm not gonna lie i have been trying to avoid the news a, a little bit every now and then because i'm having to do that for the sake of my own mental health basically yeah but when it but i feel really quite fortunate and privileged when it comes to sort of like a um when i look around sort of like the country that we're that we're in right now and, that, and i question myself how has brexit affected me and i think to myself i feel lucky because it's only, if I'm not going to say it hasn't affected me. I'm only going to say, I think it's affected me in the same way that it has affected most people in this country, because obviously with my previous job, sort of like a, um, I never, I, I didn't really, I don't really felt like I felt the pinch sort of like too much. Every, I, I felt like I wasn't getting that much money to begin with anyway. And, mm. and, and I was just kind of already in the mindset sort of like, oh, every day is kind of a money struggle day anyway, basically. Mm. I think, uh, so I think basically it's probably kind of more like a case of maybe sort of like my depression at the time per day, uh, kind of acted as a mask maybe, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. Myra, have you, have you noticed any change then with your work from Brexit? Has anything changed with open source or is it, you know, barely perceivable of, of any change? Well, I think, I think you're right in that sometimes it's hard to know exactly the impact of all the different 
things that have happened over the past few years mm. um and exactly yeah attribute which which one it's attributed to mm. but yeah we ser- we've certainly seen a huge increase in the cost of materials and mm. some of our yeah some of our costs have really really gone up and some of that is is brexit um has that been quite variable as well has it been like prices of uh, have they just gone up or have they have they gone up steady or has it been sharp increases or uh, a bit of a mix and, and and actually some have come back down a little bit as well yeah um so it's a bit yeah a bit of a mix on, on that and then and then i'd also say that it's like socially the mm. there's more there is more of a divide so that's definitely something i think that uh, yeah i've noticed after brexit mm. um, is 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 the division between people um, mm. and again right and right again with covid that there is that, that divide between people but for mm. but for brexit it's more of the 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 other the other ring yeah i mean as a this is kind of a random just question for you i mean as an arts organization do you think I mean, obviously, you're doing a lot of creative work. It's very positive. It's about, like you both said, it's about development and so on. Do you see the arts as a place that can potentially heal some of those rifts? Or is it? Like, <laughs> I mean, it, is that how you try to look at it? I mean, that, Absolutely. That seems, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's a reason that we're, well, there's a reason that I'm working in the, in the, in the creative sector in the arts, mm. because I think that's where, that's where change can happen, really. That's where that's how culture changes that's mm. how mind shifts happen mm. um yeah it kind of goes back to tick's point about being in sort of different worlds it's like you i think that a lot of it is we we need to see those possibilities and we haven't really been shown possibilities we're just shown the same thing over and over again and that's all people can kind of imagine but when you're given those opportunities to imagine different possibilities and eventualities when you can see them then it's like, oh, well, yeah, we, we could do that. that that's achievable. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big part of it. And I think arts play a huge part in that in terms of we can show you what things could be. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. If, if people, if people are, are encouraged to use their imagination, then mm. they can find more freedom, I suppose, and yeah. want a more positive future for themselves and for society. Yeah. Which goes back to Tick's point of like, you know, within the previous role, it's kind of you don't really get to use your imagination so much. Okay, so now I've got a question on climate change. So, uh, I, and I include, I, I use climate change as a kind of catch all for it, but it can include any other kind of environmental issues. Can you, like, are you doing anything to address climate change in your work? Can you do anything? Is it something that's kind of, um, outside your day-to-day business working and you've got to you know worry about getting the money in rather than you know being sustainable um so what what can you do on that front and what are you doing so we we work a lot uh, uh, yeah we are involved in a lot of different climate conversations and we um, it's something that we care deeply about as as an organization and as individuals within this organization so we have we have and continue to do a lot of work um in this area Mm. and so some of that is is working with other organisations. So we're we're um, on the on the steering group for Sustainable Arts in Leeds Network, for example. Yeah, yeah. I know you've spoken to before. I'm involved with Climate Action Leeds and our Future Leeds and all kinds of other organisations, and do a lot of work with 
yeah, in, in across across the city and further afield in, in terms of climate related activities. And then as an organisation, and, and and also we encourage others to do the same. So, so for example, for some of our marquee hires, some of the clients, we encourage people to think differently about what part they could play in in target in in combating the climate emergency, mm. um, and help them with that visioning as well. Um, are they quite popular? Are people quite keen on those sort of? those sort of events where they can kind of be involved are, are, are other people interested in kind of being involved in your climate work for example in climate events yeah yeah i think i think there's a real there's a growing growing interest in people to be that they want to be having conversations doing something yeah. yeah they want to be doing something they want to be talking about it because it's it's ever pressing. It's an ever pressing need. The IPPC report was released um, the other day, and I mean it's as damning as ever. And yeah, I think I think people, I think people want to talk about it and, and know what they can do and, and feel like they've got the feel empowered to take action as well. Okay, so tick same question to you. So uh, I mean, can. I mean, Myra's kind of answered it. You can obviously sort of do things. You're doing stuff within the work. I mean, is there anything you want to add or anything specific you want to talk about in that regard? Well, some of the some of the things that I'll point up, I'll point up, I'll bring up is a uh, we do have a uh, a lot of these conversations uh, quite frequently. Uh, one of our a um, one of the people who works here is a uh, specialises in uh, environmental and environment mm-hmm. and. I'm not going to lie. He's kind of inspired me with a with a lot. Of, I'm not sure if it's fed to mention his name here, but a um, so, but he has inspired me with a lot of like the contributions and suggestions he's made in terms of sort of like helping relate to a um, making us work better within the environment and yeah. for it, which includes things like a uh, composting. Uh, we've we've now got a little a uh, bin to put all the wave uh, food waste in and just a nice bit of uh, information on top of it as well to tell us what we can and can't put in because they um that does because there seems to be not a lot of people seem to sort of like it well if you want to know how to compost it seems like you really need to know someone yeah who is very very good at it it's yeah almost seems like but also one of the other things as well is is also the same individual is also a um been working on uh something called the kirkstall valley grant scheme which is a um a little micro grant scheme, a uh, that I think is still a uh, is still going at the moment. Yep. Yeah, yeah, still on the website. Yeah, yeah it's still on the website. Fantastic. But yeah, a micro grant to help. I think up to about three hundred fifty pounds to help a uh, improve the communal and environmental well well being of the Leeds, Kirkstall, and surrounding areas. Mm. I mean, Leeds seems to be pretty good. Like the, there's a lot of good action going on in Leeds on this regard. I think. I, I mean, obviously we need more, but yeah. If there was a universal basic income, if you were getting paid enough, so I'll start with you on this one, Tick. So if you're getting paid enough to kind of do what you want, you know, pay your bills and so on, and you could live, um, would you still do this job or would you do something else? Or And if you would do something else, what would you do? That's very difficult to say. Um, I suppose um, if, I was in that, if I was in that situation, oh my goodness, because... With the situation I'm in now, I do lean more towards sort of like I would want to sort of like a um, 
still keep still keep a feet a foot in the arts, but then there'll probably be a big part of me that that go, that'd be going sort of like and nah, 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 there, there's so many things you wanted that, that, that you really want to do. put your other foot in that too many box. options now no no exactly it's, <laughs> it's probably going to make me sort of like a um it's probably going to frazzle my brain a little bit with sort of like information or overstimuli <laughs> overload basically it's a, a choose your own adventure story with 26 options but, yeah um, <laughs> but uh, yeah <laughs> But, um, I, yeah, if you asked me the question two years, one year ago, even, yeah, I would have given you a resounding hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, um, but if you get, but to tell me it now, sort of like a, um, I'll be thinking myself and also because of the reflection of sort of like my lockdown experience as well. And, I've, and now that I can see sort of like having so much free time probably isn't always a great thing yeah, as well. Yeah. It's like, mm. so now with that on with that on board as an experience as well, it is, uh, it does actually make me reconsider what the answer to that question might be. There is still a big part of me that would they uh, probably want to try. Oh, goodness gracious me. There's many things. Unfortunately, I'm one of those people who'll see something and think to, and think to himself, oh, it looks like something I wouldn't mind giving a go, whether it be some, whether it be sort of like a, um, streaming your favorite games on YouTube or whether it be sort of like a, um, Po uh, posting art on a Patreon more regularly or something like that, or, or, or finally start actually doing something along the lines of 3D animation. Cool. Sounds good. Okay. So Myra, so what would you do if there was a UBI? I mean, would you, would you still be there? Um, would you be doing less hours? How, how would, how do you think you would approach things? Probably wouldn't make much difference to me actually. So sometimes I do, sometimes I, I have asked myself a question more in terms of retirement actually, maybe than UBI. Mm. Um, and what would, how do I think I, how do you think I would retire? What would I do? And I, I really enjoy being really active. Yeah. So I would, yeah, I'd volunteer if I wasn't working. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, it, so I think I'd probably just live my life as I am now. Mm. Yeah. It would just be a, a nice extra top up. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'll throw in a random question because th this has come up a couple of times. So, I've just asked you about your commute. Is it a long commute, a short commute? And how do you feel about that journey into the office? Obviously, now you've got the experience of the journey just to the computer as opposed to the journey into the workplace. Um, have you got any thoughts on that? I mean, is, is it better or worse to be at home and not have the travel or is the travel useful or does it take up too much time? Um, I, I work in the office and at home now, so I'm doing bit of both and if I'm at home I like to take a walk around the park in the morning mm. um and in fact even if I'm coming into the office sometimes I do that as well <laughs> and um yeah sometimes I walk or cycle sometimes I drive I must say uh, to, into the office it's not actually that far I know that's not um yeah <laughs> sometimes you have to you're, you're not going into space you know <laughs> um yeah and I really value I really value that 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 time of a, of a commute in the morning just to have some I think the, the fresh air in the morning really helps set you up for the day. Nick how's your how's your journey and what do you think about it? My journey is always a um it's quite simple it's uh quite fortunate actually as well because a uh especially through living in while living in Leeds I've never really known a long commute Bar, what, bar like one time where it was like a, where I was actually, so, sorry, yeah, when I first moved to Leeds, I was actually still commuting from Leeds to Bradford, but then I changed that very quickly. Mm. However, now it's literally just a walk now. And it has been that way for almost 
eight years now. So I've been within walking distance a, uh, for, throughout that whole time, which has made me feel fortunate in the sense of, so like, it's probably the one good bit of a, uh, the one good way I, I, I do keep a, a bit of activeness within myself mm. and <laughs> even got to the stage where I probably, uh, pride myself because I live near the Henley stadium and I would pride myself sort of like, so like, Hey, so like today's a good day. Cause I watched the city center in 30 minutes flat. That was a good yeah. day. And then something like that. But, uh, and now it's actually even better because it's a, um, it's technically a shorter walk now. Um, I mean, sort of like, I mean, the one thing that I suppose I kind of miss sort of like is I did manage to find one path on the last, uh, journey that did have a bit more greenery along it, just mm. hidden away in some of the side, in some of the snickets and maybe behind the store of one of the schools, I think it is as well. It's a bit harder to find the greenery. I will admit sort of like on, on the way, uh, on the way to open source arts, but I think that's mainly because Kirkstall Road is just a big, busy main yeah. road. Yeah. Well, it's got the river hidden on the other side, I suppose. But yeah, it is just on the other side. It's just, <laughs> it's just like I would have to go there to actually see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, I've kind of gone through most of my questions. I'm going to pass it over to you if, if there's anything that particular that you want to talk about or anything that you want to highlight coming up with open source arts. So I'll start with you, Myra, and then um, I'll go back to Tick. Will this be released this week? Well, oh, don't wish. I'm... <laughs> um, so I'll try and get it back to you within like two days. Just I, I, I've, I cleaned up file so you can proof it and then I'll, I'll, I will do the... The editing. I'm getting better at being sort of more on top with the editing. And I, I had a long period where I lost out and I was catching up, but I, I'm catching up now. So I, it will be out as soon as I can. <laughs> right. It's hot. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Are you back? Ah, yeah, there, <laughs> there we go. This happens. I'm used to it now. <laughs> so sorry, you were just about to speak and then it froze. There we go. Yes, I was. I was just about to share about our membership scheme because that's mm. that's one of our super exciting developments at the moment. Mm. So um, yeah, it would be. They're primarily for recent graduates or early career artists, emergent artists, really emergent creatives. Um, so that that essential bridge between education and the workplace, because one of our one of our core values is trying to help creatives stay in the city of Leeds and also stay in the, in the creative disciplines that they love and want to stay in rather than mm. going to work in a coffee shop or, or anything. Or like go that. to London or Manchester or anywhere else. Yeah. Bristol. Exactly, exactly. Or work in a second-hand electronic shop. <laughs> <laughs> and so as a, part of, as a part of that support, yeah, we're, we're really excited to be able to offer um, low-cost artist studios and access to our, all of the different facilities that we have here like the dance studio and the audiovisual equipment and mm. the wood metal workshop and so is, is there a subscription fee with the the membership then yeah there's a few different membership levels so that will be mm. co-working there's um studio pods and there's a couple of local studios um there's uh, friend memberships and a few different a few different levels depending on people's on people's needs really Okay, um, take what's what, what have you got coming up? What's what's in the future for you? Just more and more posts, or <laughs> yeah, a, um, it's well, it certainly will be uh, more and more posts. But a uh, what I know is basically in the future for me is a um, Myra basically so, uh, did summer quite well. A uh, 
one of the most, one of the more exciting things about what's coming up for us as well. Although on top of that, it looks very likely we are going to get a second unit in arm length. Okay. Fingers crossed. It looks like it is going to happen though, but you know, this, this is all exciting developments that I, yeah. um, that is happening here as well, which again, is just sort of amplifying and multiplying the excitement that the studios brought as well to, uh, to, a, to a third times mm. and they, um, well, I suppose in terms of like, in terms of what I'm going to be doing in the future, sort of like, I think for me, it probably is, as you described it a bit earlier on, something a bit more of a personal development thing, basically. Because I feel like a um, the one mantra that I've been kind of almost repeating to myself ever since I started this is a, um, the change that you have undertaken here is exciting for the one reason is for the first time in my life, I actually can't wait to see who I'm going to be in one year's time. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. I never had that. that yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Since since you came in via an apprenticeship, do you want to sort of tell us a little bit about the apprenticeship? How you got involved and like how? Because from my experience, I worked on uh, with apprentices briefly at Leeds City College, and it seemed at the time that people, you know, you kind of had to find the place and then like the place to work and then go and kind of get the the education side organized is that still the case or like how did you come into the apprenticeship the way i came into the apprenticeship was uh, purely through open source arts essentially mm-hmm. i've i have known phil and myra for a bit basically and i had had some awareness that the idea of trying to get apprenticeship uh, apprenticeships here has been on the cards for quite some time and i remember actually even i think but i think I'm thinking back to January or February of 2020 mm. was, might have been the last time I actually heard something about that. And because I'd always had about sort of, I, I'd had like about a, a foot in open source arts for long enough to, to the extent it felt like, yeah, I am essentially part, was part of the team at that point, basically. Oh, brain freeze. Right. Lost your shirt. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Please. Thank yeah, I mean, I, I was going to ask you about sort of yeah. bringing people in as apprentices, and like, are you can you do more? Are you planning on more? Yeah. So we this this we took we took on our first apprentices in November last mm. year, and this is a very deliberate deliberate decision. Um, and another way that we think about that we think we're able to support artists and creatives to stay mm. in the cultural sector. So, I mean, Tick is a perfect example of this coming from retail and now being able to work in the arts. And mm. yeah, I'm super excited to see where, where Tick goes next as well and, and what he creates. Um, so, and we've got, uh, there's currently three cultural, what are they? Cultural <laughs> support learning officers. No, cultural, cultural learning, learning and, and cultural learning participation officers and one content producer with us at the moment um and from various backgrounds but all wanting to develop their careers in the arts basically and it's Mm. it's really nice to be able to support alternative ways to to enter the art world and stay in the art world um, Mm. because it's yeah it's not always easy so it's it's a part of our broader offer i suppose is how i think about it in terms of how do we support people in the arts Mm. an apprenticeship is one of those ways did you deliberately sort of want to avoid doing the kind of intern route and 
just because a lot of arts places it's kind of like oh come and intern and then you know you have to be able to afford to not work for a year or two years or however long like at least this way you know you're getting paid but you, you are paying people and so on yes yeah, so we we pay our apprentices the same as our, co- as our core team they're, they're very much a part of our core team I know that's not the same for every employer and we do we do we do have some interns but what but, but we try and pay people for their work yeah, yeah. That's, that's a real core core value of ours as well is that the arts needs to be sustainable and people need to be valued for their work and artists yeah. work and need to be um, able to eat <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty essential. <laughs> um, so we don't, we don't, um, we don't, we don't um, invite unpaid internships really. Open mm. source lots of volunteers. We try and do everything that is that is financially sustainable for for everyone involved. Mm. And so, yes, we do have some some student placements, but they're funded from from the universities um, or or by other means. So. Mm whilst we might not be paying them, they are receiving income from somewhere for that time. Mm. Um, so there's a few different ways we, we arrange that. Do you see open source as primarily kind of education or arts or a combination of the two or arts through education or, uh, you know, what what are the bridge? Takes meshing his hands together on the video. <laughs> yeah. Intersecting beautifully. Yeah, that is, a, that's a, that is very much what, how we, we don't, yeah, we don't, we we don't think in separate silos, I suppose. Um, mm. Open source. It's very much about bridging, and in all in all way in all manners that you can bridge. So that's across sectors and communities and mm. um, disciplines, art forms, mm. and because that's when that's when 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 people are able to collaborate, that's when even more exciting things can happen. Mm. And I think that's a key thing with you know, working in a workplace as opposed to remote working is that you have the chance for more spontaneous interactions and random things happening and overhearing things. Oh, oh, you're meeting with so-and-so. I, I wanted to talk to them. And, you know, you know, those kind of things. And I, I, I'd like to ask you a bit about the co-working as well. So I don't know if you, I don't know if it's working in the same space as you guys, like how that works, how long it's been running and what kind of if that's something that you're finding enjoyable as well, or, is, or if that's something that you want to develop or how successful it's going. So if you just talk about the, the co-working aspect that you offer there, I mean, I know, is, is that only happening when the membership starts or how's, it, how's that running at the moment? So when the membership starts, there will be co-working spaces, right? Yeah, so our team co-work in the, in the main space at the moment. In, um, so we're based on Coastal Road, Venues Coastal Road. Mm. And... Our team have, have always co-worked in in the main space, and now we're offering offering it out for for anyone to to join us. Really, I suppose mm. in, in that space is co-working space. Mm. Oh, well, I hope that goes well. Mm, um, it's very exciting, yeah, and it and it will as you as you say, there'll be there'll be absolutely plenty of opportunities for all those incidental conversations and mm. um, yeah, in the creative community. Yeah, yeah. and you're also the, the other thing about being on Kirkstall Road. You know, you've got that new uh, studio that's down there. You've got ITV Studios. There's something else down there as well. There's some other TV stuff down there, isn't there? Mm. Um, so there's plenty of stuff happening around. I mean, do you ever feel like you're missing out on stuff that's happening in the centre of town? Or are you quite happy being placed where you are? 
I have I have no desire to be in the centre of town. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I don't really I don't really go to the centre of town very often. <laughs> and, and I am very happy to say that since the end of November, I've had no reason to go into the city centre anymore. Mm. Mm. So where we are in Kirkstone is a really interesting area. It's changing a lot. It's changing a lot. Mm. Um, it has changed a lot since um, since I've been here as well. And and there's yeah. So where we are, there's um, there's Airplay Studios, there's um, Insert Studios, there's Seagulls. Mm paint and so there's a really nice like creative hub and, and mm. yeah and all of the the video and, and tv and radio stations and theater there's mm. there is a lot of different creative businesses in this area of Kirkstall, but we mm. don't really have a distinct identity i suppose necessarily because it's we're not town we're not burley we're not mm. Hyde park we're not really Kirkstall, depending depending which boundary you're looking at we're not really yeah. armly um <laughs> also we're all very much a part of all of those <laughs> just yeah. the river air on the river air yeah <laughs> open source arts on air um <laughs> so uh is there is there anything that you guys want to add or want to discuss or want to bring up i mean I'll, I'll so i'll start with you take is there anything you want to kind of anything that we've not mentioned or anything that you want to talk about work-wise that we kind of not covered there Oh, I'm definitely not not really the best person uh, to think of these suggestions themselves. I'm definitely the sort of person who <laughs> responds, I think, better. Yeah. So I don't know, unless maybe you've got a topic, Myra. That's very... Well, our marquee season is uh, is coming up to full swing. So we, we have a marquee hire. Any surplus from that is then reinvested into the creative communities of open source arts and helps fund all of the different activities. Mm. Um, that we do here and, and subsidise the the arts that way. So we're we're quite unusual as an arts organisation in in following a more of a self funded model, mm-hmm. um, which enables us to be much more flexible and sustainable on by ourselves really without the without all of the all of the things that happen um, in mm. the funding world. So if mm. anyone's looking for a marquee, then please do get in touch because it helps <laughs> it helps all, um, support support the arts. Yeah, and there's a there's a whole it's the canvas project it was called, wasn't it? And there's um there's a whole range of different sizes of tents and marquees and so on for whatever events. I mean, is there anything else that you want to plug in terms of the, the work that you guys are doing and what's going on? Um we should probably get your website socials and so on. If you don't have them or know them off the top of your head, I'll just put them in the show notes. We have all of the usual socials of, of all of our all of our branches. So we have open source arts, mm-hmm. Yorkshire Circus. Community Canvas, Kirkstall Valley Grants. Um, so you're very welcome to check out any of those. <laughs> and they all, they each have a website and all of the socials attached to those. Okay, cool. Take anything coming up for you that you want to plug or things that you want people to have a look at. Or I would I I I would a uh, I would highly recommend to anybody who's just living in Leeds or even a little bit nearby. Anybody who's a bit bored. Anybody who's looking for something a little bit exciting, check out the calendar on opensourcearts.co.uk. Particularly, keep it, keep your eye out on uh, all the different workshops and our and our seasonal market events. Mm. Cool. Okay, so uh, I do want to ask another question, Myra, just on sort of the funding side, the money side. So you've got a lot of training on there, which is, you know, fabrication and welding and woodwork and like teaching people various set building skills and so on and, and all the artistic development work that you do with people. 
Do you run courses on funding and financing and so on? Like, is that something that you're thinking of potentially offering? Because I suppose one of the things that's going to be key, I mean, like I'm thinking, you know, specifically of myself here as well, of just like trying to do something. And I think I'm okay on some of the money side stuff and the marketing stuff and some of these things, but you know, that that's the difficult side. And especially for a lot of creative people, because they just want to go, oh, I want to create things. And it's like, yeah, but you have to pay attention to your bank balance and this, that, and the other. And, you know, you have to be able to do all these things. Um, yeah. So can I get you just speak on that for a bit? Yeah, there is a huge, there is a huge ask these days on, on creatives to do the whole thing around their art um all of them do it for free <laughs> and everything and but those but all of those are very very particular skill sets mm. um and yeah so which takes takes them away from actually creating their art um sustainability is one of our core values and with mm. that we we think of that as um environmental sustainability financial sustainability social sustainability mm. and so we have experimented with different ways of people, of different financial models, I suppose, for people to access workshops and activities here, mm. um, such as a collaborative financing model, which is which is a step beyond the pay-as-you-feel model, right. what you decide model, where we're transparent with our with what the activity it costs to push on, yeah, and then people can work out what it would what they would need to contribute to make it sustainable or not make a loss at least. Mm. And it's, a, it's much more, it's kind of a much more transparent step from the pay what you feel, pay what you decide model. So that's the example. And we have, I'm running out of, sorry, ask the question again. <laughs> it's late in the afternoon. <laughs> it feels it. <laughs> it a long day. <laughs> yeah, and it's midweek as well. So yeah, it's hump day, isn't it? So long day. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it, you, I mean, you must've seen like so many different ways of, of funding things through, you know, like, especially in that role and all of the things that you've been involved in. And I think it, it's always going to be a learning, you know, like you're always going to have to sort of be a financial innovator to, to a degree of like, all oh, right, well, we can get a pool of money here, a pool of money there and what's the legal requirements and so on. So, yeah, I suppose you're still studying it really as well. Well, we'll study and study and share as we go, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah, we 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 absolutely we we will be offering more more workshops and and sharings on on money topics because it's a it's a taboo as well still, mm. which which it doesn't need to be. You know, mm. um, we can be more transparent about what things cost, and yeah. it, it would help everyone if we were. Yeah. That's in general the the general way. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of freelancers are in the dark, for example, about what there isn't necessarily set guidelines in every in every art mm. discipline about what what is a a reasonable fee to be paid. Mm. So people people, especially coming into the industry for the first time, don't know where to put their fee. So it, yeah, um, yeah, we, we we will be doing more more workshops to help people gain this understanding. Mm. I mean, I think it's a really difficult one because as well, it's, it's kind of, it's very unsexy for want of a better term, isn't it? It's kind of like, you want to, you want to go and do the, the, the creative stuff. You don't want to sit down and do accountancy or anything like that. 
so I don't think I have any other questions at the moment. Um, we won't mention the war. <laughs> That's probably best avoided. We can talk about that if you like. So we we um we do mention the war actually. Okay. So we're we're responsive. So when Russia invaded the Ukraine, we started meeting as a team to talk about what is a peace building approach, and that helps inform the work that we that we do do. So it's mm. it's a sort of foundation to foundational approach to some of the activities. Well programming of activities here so we don't shy away from from important topics to make space to talk about I suppose mm. so how's that taking shape is it I mean is it pieces of artwork or is it but what, what's actually going on practically from from that at the moment it's discussion discussing as a team as yeah a so team. sort of planning at the moment yeah it's not even planning actually okay. so it's a step step before and we're exploring together what does what does peace mean for us yeah it's um yeah it's a step before and much more foundational about Mm. where does where does where do you notice peace showing up in your life um where have you where have you experienced a peaceful interaction in Mm. in the last week and it's starting to pay attention to these different different moments to to gather more understanding about what is what is a peaceful approach to to living really because on a on a small scale an interaction has this is the same dynamic as on the on the large the large mm. scale you know so if we can if we can be peaceful in our interpersonal relationships for example on this small scale it'll help us be it'll help us act much more peacefully um, on the larger scale i think that's really good i think that's really interesting as well um, I mean, I, I I said a bit ago, like I want, I, I, you know, I've got a bunch of policies to write for the the business, um, and I wanted like an environmental policy, but I'm thinking that uh, you know that wants to be more of a peace and environment policy. Mm. So yeah, I've, I've been thinking along similar lines because it's just, you know, there's no as Tick said before, you know, there's no point looking at the media because they're just it's the thing they get most excited about in life, isn't it? War, and there is nothing that they like more than just you know playing us with non-stop footage of that kind of stuff and it feels difficult to kind of escape that space sometimes so yeah like more peace stuff i think is generally good yeah i really like that i'm being able to talk about it as well and not and not shy away from it because it's different it's a different thing to be a pacifist yeah really rather than rather than act with in peace Well, and also when you get to a point where, you know, we've got not only the, the, the climate threat and, and, you know, more potential resource wars and all of this kind of stuff, but, you know, there's nuclear weapons as well. So let's go on to, let's just do something kind of happy to round up. I mean, that's happy because it's about peace, but yeah, it's kind of framed badly. But I mean, that, I think that's a really good, really positive thing. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to see what comes out of that and it might be worth you know i think there's this content to come out of that that could be valuable to other people as well in terms of maybe maybe in terms of when you've made a decision of how you're going forward and so on i mean is tick is there anything you want to kind of add it doesn't necessarily have to be on this is there anything that 
I've because I've not uh, I've left you out for a while. <laughs> well, that's absolutely fine. Not a problem. Thank you. Um, I mean, it is. I mean, going back to the old uh, adage of is every day is a learning experience. When uh, through the through some of the more interesting bits that I've taken away through the a uh, talks about recognizing peaceful approaches, peaceful methods, mm -hmm. and peaceful practices has particularly been the recognition between peaceful language and the language of hate. Mm -hmm. So say using terms that may be rooted in something a bit more aggressive, sort of like say things like, oh, a um, surrender to the music or, oh, I'm going to shoot a cat with a camera and things like that. Uh, some of those things very well could be grounded or rooted in sort of like a uh, more atrocious sort of origins possibly. But even if, even if they're not though, uh, it's nice. It's been a nice realization to have, uh, the growing awareness that say it, just saying some, uh, saying common phrases in some ways like that might actually be quite triggering or upsetting for other people because they, uh, the meaning, like the meaning might be lost on them as well. And they'll hit and all they might be able to hear is something a bit insidious. Mm. And that has been a very interesting sort of like differentiation uh, uh, between the two, because I do believe that a uh, the language you use does shape the reality that we live in, which is a, uh, which is, a, which is another saying that has been said here as well before, but yeah. And with that belief and that a uh, mentality on the world, being exposed to that has been a, um, just a very interesting learning experience, basically. I still feel quite young in my understanding of all of it, but hey, I'm ha I'm happy I'm happy with what it's been with what it's been enlightening to me so far. I mean, is it's, it's good to so th this is a thing I've heard before. I don't know how true it is. It's one of these things, you know, the, the sort of thing that people tell each other, and then you know you don't bother verifying it. But when you when you you're training and learning, sort of if you if if you're in a school set you have like a learning mind and you're much more susceptible to taking in new information because your brain's kind of primed for it so yeah i think i mean do you would you agree with that do you think you're being kind of more sponge-like for absorbing all kinds of new inputs because as you said that you made me realize that the uh, that my answer to that question would certainly be yes because well, it was when you used the word prepping actually because a um it's again given me points of reflection between me what i'm doing now and back then mm. but a uh, it's a case of sort of like yeah and the difference between the two is as a uh, one environment didn't have these conversations and in that environment mine became stagnant yeah. And then in this, and now it's the total opposite in this environment, because it's like training a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. And I relate that analogy to not just sort of like a, um, learning, but also sort of like, uh, social connections as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose we all kind of know that from lockdown of like, when you started meeting people again, it's like, oh, I don't know how to do small talk. And Oh, mate, that was, me before, that was me before lockdown. <laughs> okay, so um, I feel like I should come back to you, Byra, before we finish off. So anything anything to sort of round us out, anything that you want to add or anything you want to say? You don't have to, but... Well, I can add on that, um, yeah, we do, we do foster a learning and curious culture at Open Source Arts and that that culture is, is very important for us as a team and, and for 
everyone we work with in that learning and development and lifelong learning, I suppose you could say. It's hard not to kind of, it, it would be hard for you not to do that given the amount of training and so on that you guys put on. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of so education focused as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, thank you very much for being on. Thank you again to Myra and Tom for being my guests. Thanks again to all my guests and thanks to you, Leeds, for being my subject. And of course, most of all, thank you to you, my dear listener. Remember, Leeds, whatever you do, I'd love to hear about it from you. Also, I don't want to be censored or to sell out or anything, but I do want to make an effort to make the show as accessible to as many loiners as possible going forward. So I'm going to make an effort to shut my pie hole a bit more. I do want to reduce the ranting on the show, even as the outrage and terrible trends boiling over from the news increase. We'll see how I go. But that's what I'd like. Keeps your eyeballs peeled and your earballs open for the next episode. It will be soon, again. That's going to be four in one week. You will owe me a tenner, which I might add is substantial multiples less than my Kofi donors have given to the show. I don't think people want to sign up to Patreon, so... Just send 12 quid by Kofi. Simple. Anyways, you can follow this show on Twitter at Working Hours 3 and on Instagram at Working Hours Pod Leads. Use the hashtag Working Hours Pod Leads to stay up to date on when new episodes are being released, to DM me with your questions, or most importantly, to get in touch if you'd like to be my guest on this show. Please do chuck in anything you can to help the show grow. Go to ko-fi.com forward slash working hours and join me there for a pound a month or you can make a one-off donation of whatever amount. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com forward slash working hours pod to support working hours, again, from as little as a pound a month. Why not be super awesome and join both? Do something new and something different. Remember to like, share, follow, and subscribe to Working Hours. That's me. Cheers, ears. Take care out there and be kind to each other, leads. Working Hours is produced, recorded, edited and published by Simon Treen for Western Studios Leeds Limited. The music was The Bees from Chopin's Etudes, which is in the public domain and was taken from museopen.org. Please like Western Studios Leeds on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash western underscore studios underscore Leeds and on LinkedIn linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash western hyphen studios. Leads, are you considering taking the plunge into podcasts or audio content? Then think Western Studios for support, advice and guidance on getting it made. At Western Studios, you work with a real-life learner who is actually in Leeds. Not a piece of software, not a course of articles or a series of live chats and video courses, but me, a person in physical place-based reality. If you want to work with me to make your podcast or any digital audio content in Leeds, whether it's for your own cause, your publicity campaigns, to promote your products, increase your sales, or just to create your own passion projects, then get in touch with me, Western Studios, now. Don't wade through vapid articles and videos and podcasts about how to make podcasts by disembodied virtual people on the web. Get on with making your podcast now, and then when it gets hard and expensive and it all goes wrong, which it will, then call Western Studios to make your podcast with you or even for you. Western Studios will take on your podcast boring, time-consuming and painful admin, recording, editing, transcription, whatever. 
Tell me about your podcasting pain points and I can make it all better for you. I feel your pain. For a charge, I will share it. Remember, podcast work is work. Leads, businesses, leads, campaigns, leads, brands. Got an inkling that you'd like a podcast but don't know where to start? Contact Western Studios at makemypodcast at western-studios.com and we'll start making your podcast straight away. The first hour of arranged consultation and pre-production time is free. £25 an hour after that for editing, recording, production. I can also arrange hefty discounts for the right projects. So tell me your idea and your budget and I'll tell you what I can do for you. What do you have to lose? Time, that's what. Time is running out. The best time to make a podcast was 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. Writers in Yorkshire, what are you doing with your lives? Hopefully you're writing. Well, I know there are listeners out there who want to hear great original writing performed as audio content that is about and for and has been made in Leeds. How do I know this? Because I'm one of them loiners what wants it. Help me make your old screenplays, unpublished novels, unperformed plays, stories, poems and performances, whatever you got, baby, and make it as podcast content. Is your work arty, salacious, pulpy, strange? Good. Is it unfinished? Good. I can help you with that too. I can work with you to find actors, musicians and voiceover artists and quickly realise your projects. I get practice making the shows and you get a finished, performed and published version of your writing. Save yourself the hassle and the headache of making your podcasts on your own by working with me instead.